Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Be ready, Utah. As the world becomes more interconnected, the need to protect your business and yourself online grows every day. But what can we do to thwart a cyber attack ahead of time? We're talking about being ready. And what do you do if it doesn't work and you are a victim of a cyber attack? All year this year, KSL is partnering on emergency preparedness with Be Ready Utah to bring you this information. Uh, to help us break this one down, we often don't think about cybersecurity as part of being ready. Uh, we often think of floods and fires and earthquakes and those kinds of things. But this is an important component to it. Dan Garfield is a cybersecurity expert and the co-founder and chief open source officer of Code Fresh joins us on the line. Dan, thanks for jumping on. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, so let's let's talk about this in terms of cyber attack. Again, it's not what we usually think about, but I think it's becoming ever more important that we are prepared for this kind of be ready moment uh, when it comes to cyber attack. What should we be looking at? Yeah, there there are definitely a couple of things to be aware of, and and to be clear, like the breadth of attacks and kinds of situations is pretty broad. And so just paying attention, having financial literacy, you know, um, keeping an eye on your bank accounts, those kinds of things is helpful. Those, uh, the kind of people that are most at risk are typically the elderly. So people over 65, um, uh, they uh, get into situations where maybe you're asked to install something, somebody calls pretending to be someone else. Um, those kinds of things can, uh, can, are, are typically the most effective at, um, scamming people out of money and those kinds of things. When it comes to, you know, your computer, your phone, uh, being careful how many things you install, anything that requires a password, you should be extra vigilant about. Um, a, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of issues with, uh, apps, you know, just because it's in the app store doesn't necessarily mean it's safe, safe. Um, and there are, also privacy concerns with how your data is shared. Uh, one of the things that you can do to check, you know, uh, in the past how you've done, there's a website called Have I Been Pwned? It's, oh, it's owned, spelled with the P, which I know isn't radio friendly. But uh, if you go to that website, you can put in your email address. Don't put anything else in <laughs> other places. But if you put in your email, it will actually show you all the times your data has leaked. And the truth is that uh, your data is going to get leaked. If you have an, any kind of online footprint, if you have a Facebook account, if you create any kind of accounts, um, 
my data has been linked because websites where I have created accounts have been hacked. And uh, I think I've probably had my data um, through these websites stolen, I don't know, 18 or 20 different times. Now, that hasn't yielded any terrible results in part because I use a password manager, which is something else that I recommend people do. Uh, a password manager basically makes it easy for you to create a new password for every single website, and it generates very secure passwords. So what happens when people steal data, sometimes they get, they get access to an encrypted version of your password that they could potentially um, decrypt, especially if you have a very simple password, and then they could use that to gain access to other systems that you have. So that's that's uh, like very good hygiene. There are a couple of services that do this. One is called LastPass. One is called 1Password, the number one password. And these basically make it easy for you to create um, a, a new password for every single service you use. So if any of those third-party services that you've created an account at, if they get hacked, it doesn't now suddenly, oh, well, I use my bank password for everything. Well, what's going to happen if somebody hacks your you know, your TikTok account or your Facebook account or your Gmail account or whatever it is, um, now suddenly they might be able to use that to gain access to your bank account. Right. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, password managers are great for that um, because you're not duplicating things. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, talk to us for a minute about uh, the role that it's becoming more uh, popular, especially in businesses, uh, things like uh, multi-factor authentication, firewalls, and so on, uh, beyond just the, the password stuff that you've shared with us. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought up multi-factor authentication. This is really important. So multi-factor authentication is basically um, adding an extra layer to your account. So like your bank account probably does this where it texts you a code when you try to log in. So you have your password that only you know, and you have to have access to your phone to get this uh, this text message or this code that's going to allow you to log in. So even if someone were to get your password, even if they were to somehow uh, steal it, um, either because it's been stolen elsewhere or maybe because they were you were on public Wi-Fi logging into sites insecure or something like that, or you wrote it down on a on a sticky note, um, they wouldn't be able to get in because they need that second factor, that text message or that email message. Uh, when it comes to second factor authentication, not all forms of two factor authentication are created equal. Text message is the most common, but it's also actually the most insecure. Uh, so email is better than text message. Um, and then there are also apps. Uh, so there's one called Google Authenticator. There's another one called Authy. These apps, uh, if they're supported by your bank or, or things like that, they basically will, auto, they'll be constantly generating new um, uh, uh, security tokens that you can use to your login. Um, those are probably the best. The reason that, that text surprisingly isn't the best uh, is actually because there have been a lot of social engineering attacks where people, hackers will essentially call your, uh, your telephone company pretending to be you. And if they have the right information, they can end up um, being able to essentially clone your SIM card or clone your number and actually get access to your text messages so that they would come in and uh, you wouldn't be aware of it if they were doing that. So text message, you know, it's certainly better than nothing. Um, email is probably better because uh, nobody's going to, if you've ever tried to call your email provider for support, they don't pick up the phone. So there's no way for them to get scammed in that way. So, uh, so email is probably better. The apps are the best. 
Um, but certainly, you know, I use some, I use some text message based authentication for some services. I use email when I can, I use these other authenticators. So I don't want you to, I don't want to discourage people from it, but when it comes to two factor authentication, uh, it's the weakest of the three yeah. uh, options that you have. Okay. And then final question for you, Dan, as we look at how we can be ready, uh, especially when it comes to cyber, uh, what's the one thing that we're not really thinking about that we ought to be thinking about? Uh, when it comes to dealing with these kind of cyber threats? Yeah, you know, uh, just being aware, I, I think the biggest the biggest dangers come in the forms of um, people pretending to be what we call phishing attacks. So phishing attacks are when, when uh, a scammer pretends to be from your bank or from the IRS or other kinds of people like that. Again, these typically target people over the age of 65. About 80% of those victims are over 65. But I have a good friend who was who was called and was convinced that there had been an error with the IRS. They needed them to go to the bank and withdraw this money and send it to them. Uh, If anybody calls you demanding money, they want it in cash. They want you to go buy gift cards or anything like that. Um, That is uh, (laughs) very unlikely to be real. I get called constantly by people pretending to be the IRS and law enforcement. And I always, I always, uh, just hang up. And uh, so, I, you know, well, I worry that one day uh, the police will actually want to get a hold of me and I will just <laughs> be annoying buying. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the IRS is going to come and say, hey, you, we've tried to reach you. I'll say, oh, really? Is that why you left me all those threatening <laughs> voicemails? Um, oh. But no, really, that is that is something that's, that's serious phishing. And it also happens with email. So I got an email, for example, supposedly from America First which is a, a, a Utah credit union. And they said, they said someone was trying to log in. They said this, that, and the other thing. Mm. And um, that email was not actually from them. I got a text message also about the same time. So it was a fairly yeah. sophisticated attack because they reached my email and my phone number wow. at the same time. So if, if you're really, if you, if you get reached out in that way, if you're worried about it, don't follow the email. Right. Don't follow the text message. Go directly to the business. Yes. And contact them that way. And um, that's going to be generally safer. And if it sounds really fishy, you know, uh, if you're dealing with someone in Utah, especially, it's like, hey, you can go into the business. That might even be better because yeah. um, there are situations where a very, very sophisticated, these are very rare, but a very, very sophisticated attacker could um, overwrite the phone number that you looked up on your computer uh-huh. or something like that. So. You know, you can you have your spouse looking up on their phone. There, there, there's yeah. a couple of you want to just look and see. Hey, does this information act match everywhere that I look for it, or am I just being tricked? Yeah, great insight, Dan Garfield, cybersecurity expert and co-founder and chief open source officer of CodeFresh. Uh, Dan, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. If you have more questions about emergency preparedness, don't know where to start, find the answer at beready.utah.gov. Beready.utah.gov. Important things as we talk about being ready. And we often don't talk about cyber as part of that discussion. I think it's critical. We'll step aside for one last commercial break. Final thoughts coming up on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.